hello, hello. Man, what an incredible opportunity. Thanks, uh, Connor and Summer, for leading us in worship. And just, man, it's great to be back with y'all. We had a week off for Elevate. Great to be here. High school, we even have our uh, some of our student leaders here this evening because we have a, a guest panel here. And so we're, we're very excited, yes, to be here. How you feeling? Thank you, Miranda. That's awesome. No, this is great. Two is great. High school, it's been a really fun evening. We've been kind of playing, uh, juggling a few things. We have right now, as we speak, uh, we have one of our parent nights happening. And I don't know if your parents maybe attend those or not. But what that looks like is we've encouraged parents to be able to meet up, to have uh, their common uh, things that brings them together is that they have teenagers. And they're trying to raise teenagers. And um, yes, it's incredible. So we want to give them a place to meet and have fellowship and pray for each other and pray for you. And so tonight, we also bring in guest speakers. And so tonight, we have Tom Nelson down there with his wife, Teresa, and talking with them. Uh, yeah, just Q&A about parenting. And so we also had our uh, a Romania mission trip meeting uh, this evening. And so I wanted to give you a quick update on that so you can keep us in your prayers. And so a lot of you may have questions. And so it's, since it's our student body going, a lot of high schoolers in this room and not a lot of high schoolers that are still not even here right now but are still going, uh, we've been... Uh, just in a process of making sure and determining if it's still uh, a great decision for us to move forward with this trip with uh, some of the things going on in the world with the coronavirus. And so we've had many meetings in that, a lot of prayer, a lot of meetings with elders and looking at all the risk and, and actually what's and getting to the truth of the matter. And so we feel like it's, uh, it's still moving forward with uh, a light, uh, but it's a yellow light, meaning, meaning uh, moving forward with caution. And so we're going to still move forward with the trip. And uh, kind of each family can decide for themselves if they still want to send their student. And so regardless, uh, be praying for us with that trip. If you're not going, um, if you are going, you're going to be praying. But we could, we really need your prayers. We covet them. And so while we're over there, um, you're sending us your reinforcements and praying for us and those maybe divine appointments God has for us while we're there. So we really appreciate that. We'll be heading out on Friday. And so we'll be, yeah, we'll come back the following Sunday. And so Jason Fanning and Lauren and Connor will be here for the next two Sundays. We don't have Elevate next week. So a week from now, you're on spring break. If you're not going to Romania, I know you probably have some plans. And I think that's swell. And so you can't be here, though. <laughs> no one will be here. But the Sundays are still normal. We're going. Uh, look for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter for updates. And we'd love to continue. Yeah, you're going on the trip with us in a way uh, by praying with us. And so. Tonight, we're finishing up our three-week series called Make It or Break It, and so I know in February we started this. We tried to have our first one, and then uh, whenever we have a dating series, remember, uh, this seems like such a long time ago, but uh, whenever we have a dating series, the Lord sends snow and ice, right, to cool things off, and it happened once again, and we got canceled on a Wednesday because of some fun snow, uh, but we, we, that's why we're uh, still doing it in March, but this is great, and so we had two weeks. And then Leader Chill, we got to look at a lot of things. And so tonight, uh, we're just blessed to have uh, a couple that's just a great friend of mine and my family's and uh, a, a great pastor at this church, Michael Spencer and his wife, Holly. And so Michael will tell you a little bit about himself in a second when I call him up. I just want to say before I bring them up here, how grateful I am for his friendship and just him as a mentor and um, someone in my life I can go to for advice. When I was at DTS, Dallas Theological Seminary, we uh, had a small group that we had to take for credit, and we didn't want to have to drive all the way down to Dallas. And I was lucky enough to be able to be in the Ditton group with Michael. So I when I was living in the hangar, I just went across the street every Wednesday 
and we got to be in the word together. And so um, they've even vacationed with my, my parents before. They're great family friends. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and just tell you what he did. <laughs> he leads a legacy ministry here, working with um, the, some seniors and elderlies at uh, this church. He takes them on a lot of intentional trips. Uh, he, he teaches so much. He teaches not only Sunday nights, but the Wednesday Bible study right here. Like I said, the evening service, the 11 a.m. Sunday fellowship, that means right over there, which my parents have just been blessed by those last many, many years. And so um, him and his wife, Holly, we're very grateful for them to be here. And we're going to ask them a couple questions on dating and marriage. And so I think this is going to be an, a, an amazing night. And the Lord has uh, so many great things for us. And then you're going to get to go to Hubba Groups. What a night, right? We gave you snacks. Michael and Holly, would you please join us this evening? And would you clap? We have special guests. We don't do special guests often. Give them a big warm welcome. We've got these stools for you. They have their own mic. Mike and Holly here, and I call them Michael, but yeah, <laughs> Mike. I'll answer to either one. Okay, great. We'll answer to either one. Very, I told him it'd be very informal like this, and it is. Uh, Michael and Holly, this is our high school, some of our high schoolers here, and so we're so grateful to have you here. Is there anything I missed there in your intro, anything you want to uh, say about kind of your, your, your role at this church or anything? Did I cover no, a lot just, of it? I've been blessed to be here for, this is my 10th year on staff. Great. And uh, you and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, see some others out there that I know pretty well, and so I, I wouldn't ever, uh, ever want to be any other place right now. So Amazing. Well, we, uh, yeah, we wanted to just ask, uh, just to set this up, if you could give us a quick three to five minute background of y'all's story, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe a, a couple's testimony, you know, and maybe just a quick three to five story. I know you have a, one mic there, but just kind of uh, let us play a catch up, if you will, to some of y'all's story. I know we're going to learn more about your story as the night goes on, but just to set up the evening, if that makes sense. Well, I'll start because Holly will do better telling about our story, but let me, let me go way back to the beginning. Okay. Uh, when I first met her, I'm a few years older than her, uh, and I was coaching a basketball team when I was a freshman in high school. So there's a four or five years different grade difference in us, and uh, so she was going to be on my basketball team. And I'd never seen her before, and Holly is an identical twin, so this car pulls up to the practice parking lot, and two girls get out. Turned out that that year we had two sets of twins. So they were the Hearst twins and the McCullough twins. And I never could tell the difference, so we would just send them in at one time. We'd never say, Holly or Polly, go in, or uh, we'd just send them in at one time. And that's where I met her. So you can imagine, you know, I'm, an, I'm a freshman in high school, and she's a few years younger. And uh, I'm trying to be a coach, you know, as best as I can. And a few years go along, and then I'll let her take up the story from there. in sixth grade so um on into high school he was just out of high school he came home and he taught a citywide bible study for kids for it was junior high and high school anyway i ended up going to that so that's where he first asked me out to go on a date uh, um, i never really dated in high school that much i was a junior at that point in high school so um, that's when we started dating she didn't look the same as she did when she got out of that car when she was a little girl. Yeah, so she looked a little different. Things were different. different. <laughs> I remember uh, when he was, when we were 
he was a senior in high school. He had a Firebird. Girls, he had a G28, and it had the T-top in it, and he was the coolest-looking thing ever. And I'd be coming out of the junior high gym, going across the class, and he'd come pulling up for the uh, pep rallies or whatever. Anyway, we ended up dating, so it's kind of a cool little something. Well, that's great. You've kind of led us into the next question there. Let's just continue to look at that. That's our little logo there, make it or break it. Um, what, is it what, what does it mean to date, or how would you define dating? Uh, we're talking to high schoolers in 2020 here, you know. How would y'all define dating? It's got a lot of baggage to that word, I think. Yeah, um, one of the things that I think we do often, and, and Holly and I also kind of struggle with this, we put pressure on ourselves to define what dating is. And there's some groups of thought, and I think we've had it in different churches before, that have a very defined uh, regiment. You have to do this. You can't be within 10 feet of someone else, or you're going to ask them out on a date, and we put a lot of pressure on each other and things like that. And I don't think that that's uh, really what God intended at all. He intended for us to be a church family. Uh, there's enough emotions uh, when we think about dating, you know. Uh, us guys, when we're, we're wondering if some girl would pay attention to us, you know. Uh, when A while ago when she said something, the coolest thing, she didn't say I was the coolest thing. She thought my car was the coolest thing. So, guys, it does help to have a car, but... Um, uh, I think one of the things that I would say, dating is simply realizing God created us male and female. We have a natural God-given desire to see the other opposite sex and to want to be around them. That's wholesome. That's good. That is clean. And that's normal. And I think one of the things we can do is, guys and girls, not to, to put, put too much pressure on, on the other people. Uh, be kind. I remember I asked a girl out on a date one time, and uh, she didn't want to go. But instead of being nice and just saying, well, thank you, that's nice, and I, you know, I'm not interested, she said, I have to do my algebra homework. So I was in therapy for a few years over that, you know. <laughs> I got chosen, uh, algebra got chosen over me. But dating, I think, is just to hang out together, get to know each other. And as you become more compatible, want to spend time with each other. Like you're inviting someone into your world and you're experiencing a little bit of their world and you're seeing, you know, is that okay? <laughs> does that does that work out? That's great. Y'all have already answered one of the questions we were sent is how can you pursue someone in a godly way? But that is another is there anything you wanted to add on to that? Like how can you pursue someone just in a godly way if you're interested in the other person? Uh, I would emphasize again being very, very kind and genuine. If uh, it takes a lot of courage for, let's say, a young young man to ask a girl out, and it, it really does. I mean, I know they act cool a lot of times. We got some of the coolest guys in here, I know, but still, it takes courage to do that. And one of the one of the best ways that you can help them, if you're interested, say, "Sure, I'd love to do that." If you're not, just be nice to them. Don't don't uh you know don't 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 tell them no and not give them a reason. Just say, "No, thank you. That's very kind of you for asking." Uh, one of the things that I would like you to get a picture in, I really believe is a, is a wholesome thing, is as you pray, because that's who we turn to. We ask God for everything. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Rule. And when we pray and ask God, God, would you give me a, a friend to be with? Could I hang out with somebody? Is there somebody that I could ask out on a date? Make sure 
that you're running hard for Christ first. And I think one of the ways that God brings people, just like Holly said, you invite them into your life, it's while you're running the race facing uh, toward Christ, and all of a sudden you look around and you see somebody else start running with you. And I think that's a God thing that God brings in. Uh, Adam had a, God, had a desire for a woman before there was a woman. How cool is that? God put it inside of him, and until God made Eve, he didn't know what he needed. But when he made Eve and he saw her, that's why all you girls are so pretty and guys like to look at you. God made you that way. The first words that Adam said when he saw Eve was, now. And just realize that those guys uh, are looking at you, ladies, and saying, now. And that's a good thing. That's a wholesome thing. Godly pursuit is we put God first, and then we pursue after that. Amazing. Uh, and so say that uh, say that does happen, and hey, uh, both sides agree, <laughs> and they're trying to now pursue Christ together, and they're in high school or maybe the early college, and they're saying, okay, we want to do this well. Um, Michael and Holly, how can we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, there can be pressure, but there's also um, those in the audience and that want to do it well, and they want to honor Christ. And so we talked about setting boundaries, uh, physical, emotional, spiritual. Do you see, and we, we actually divided them into those three categories. Do you all have anything to comment about that? Do you see those divisions as well? And maybe can you give us some examples of how maybe you all did that as a couple setting boundaries as you were dating? I know that's a loaded question. No, I think it's good. Do you want me to talk just real bluntly? <laughs> For sure. Uh, real, that's real why we bluntly? have middle school out of here. One of the thing, <laughs> that's one of the things that I would encourage you to do is to have an uh, an older couple that you can go and talk to, go and uh, sit down with and say, "Look, I just want you to know that I'm interested in this person. We're considering dating, spending time together, but we need uh, accountability. We need somebody to help us through that process. Uh, right at the age you guys are, you have every kind of emotion that is heightened." You have every kind of thing that is uh, entering your mind. One of the things I would encourage you to do, uh, set a boundary uh, uh, emotionally that you will not, you will make sure you put that other person ahead of yourself. That's Bible 101. Uh, if, if your relationship becomes uh, emotionally that you have to be fed, you want what you want, you're not doing that other person any kind of justice. Physically, Guys, I think you know, every one of you know that there is a, a stoplight inside your conscience. And you know what's right or wrong. And one of the things you can do is set boundaries, as, as uh, Romans tells us. Uh, don't make it easy to sin. Make no provision for the flesh. Uh, don't go places you know that you'll have temp temptations that, that are, are hard and they're, and they're tough to say no to. Don't fall into the trap, I would encourage you, that a lot of people do, our age, your age, and whoever. Well, everybody else does things, so it's, uh, it's okay for me. I want to tell you, everybody else doesn't. And those that want to please Christ will ask him to set those boundaries for you. We're to worship the Lord with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know inside your conscience where a stoplight is, where something is good and wholesome. One other thing I would say when your relationship becomes, I want to uh, reiterate that, when it becomes a take relationship instead of a giving relationship, that's already a clue that you, that you might need to step back just a little bit.
Incredible. Thank you so much. Um, let's just keep going through these questions. Are you all writing this down? <laughs> when did y'all, some more about y'all's uh, couple testimony or story. And uh, when did y'all choose to say I love you for the first time? And also, slash, what do you have to say about there being the one out there? Just, those are just fun questions. Really little lobs out there. We actually had to stop last night. We were like, I don't know. When do we say I love you? I don't know. Do we? So we think we were engaged before we actually said I love you or, you know, about to be engaged. Now, let me say first, we dated for seven years. <laughs> it was a long time. I was about to, and I knew he was the one. I just knew he was the one. You know, you had the little flutters. You had, you know, you just know he's the one. Um, I was about done waiting. I, he was already a pastor at that point. So, you know, it's just a little, you know, whatever. He was a nice-looking man with a good job in a small country town with lots of single women. And so I was not very well-liked because I was, I was his girlfriend and I was I was about to leave town I was fixing I was like done I was fixing to pack it up and leave and he proposed and we think that's when we said I love you the first time yeah I don't think we ever said that to each other before um, before we got now I would say here's what I would do guys don't do like I, I'm telling you don't don't do like I, t I did okay I'm, but I would tell her I just want you to know I think much more of you than you realize. What did that sound like? I wanted to say I love you, but I was just too chicken. I was too chicken to say that. But I don't think we did say I love you until we were married. As far as the one, I do believe that God directs our paths. But uh, when I was a young person, I would think there's only one for me no matter what, and there would be only one for you no matter what. But I do believe that God uh, directs those things, and uh, that, that is something that there could be some circumstance uh, that somebody chooses to go somewhere else. Like she said, she was about to move to Dallas. She helped me along in my decision to ask her to marry me because I, uh, one little thing I'll say real quickly, I, I knew very early that she was the one I was supposed to marry, but I just, I just. Uh, he wouldn't commit. He wouldn't commit, you know, he, and I, I get it. I was ready to be married. We were both in our 20s, and it was just, you know, let's, it's time to go. It's time to get married. I have to say that when I knew he was the one, I quit looking. I was done. I, you know, I had, we all had friends, but I wasn't, he actually tried to get his roommate to go out with me in one of the little hiatuses where, he didn't need to date anybody right then anyway. And, you know, that really upset me, broke my heart. But we finally got back together, and um, I have to say, I didn't even want to go out with him, and he was a good friend. But I was like, I don't even want to go to dinner with this guy because he's the one. So I think that you're just God-led on that. I didn't, use, I didn't want to use that word commitment, but anyway. I did buy a, a wedding, a, an engagement ring, and I carried in my pocket for months trying to get up enough courage to ask her to marry me. Well, and as we're getting to know y'all better, go ahead and finish that story. Take us to uh, the proposal, and then we'll ask some married, uh, yeah, marriage questions. Well, 
we are really not a good, I'm not a good example. She is. Uh, our son got married um, to his wife about four years ago, and uh, we've got great children, a son and a daughter, and a great daughter-in-law now. But when he came to me and he asked some questions about getting married, what we thought, he asked his mom some things. Uh, I said, son, I d- I'm just going to give you two pieces of advice. We're here to help you with anything that we might have learned in, in the years, but I'm just going to give you two pieces of, vi- of advice, whether you like it or not. And I said, one of them, you go to her dad and ask him for the permission to ask her to, to be wed. Now, I didn't have that blessing because Holly's dad had died when she was a young girl. And so Holly was a very mature uh, young lady. And I think she was just waiting on me to grow up a little bit, even though I was older than her. But I told my son, two pieces of advice. You make sure that you go ask her dad first, if you can ask for her hand in marriage. And secondly, whatever you do, be more romantic than I was. I carried this ring around in my pocket for months. No one knew. I was afraid when I was buying it at the jewelry store that somebody in my hometown was going to walk up and see me. I carried it around, and I just, I knew the Lord wanted me to do that. I knew he did, and I I can't emphasize that enough. She said that to you. God will guide you. He'll direct you in that. And when he does that, you're not going to run away from God. And I'll guarantee you, I'll tell you real quickly uh, on this one, Saturday night, I'm about to preach on Sunday morning. Uh, By the way, I do want to to say something. Uh, One of the things that I loved about Holly is that um, the church that she was going to at that time was a different kind of church than I preached at. I preached at a Bible church like Denton Bible. Uh, Their pastor said that if she was going to continue to date me, she was no longer welcome at that church. (laughs) It was. We started dating, well, uh, back to the engagement. So it was Saturday night, and Mr. Romantic here, do you all remember what tube socks are? The top and the stripes, and he had his little basketball shorts on, and he had his tube socks on, and he had been over, I guess we had dinner. I would cook, and he'd come eat, and then he had left, and then I heard his truck coming back, booming up. Knock, 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 will you marry me? That was it. That was my romance. But anyway, (laughs) that was it. He knew what he wanted. Yeah. The tube socks, by the way, had two different colors. Yeah, they didn't match. They didn't match. They were (laughs) green on this side and orange on this side. Y'all have already answered this. One of the main, one of the questions was, how do you know you're ready to pursue marriage? And I think y'all, y'all hit that, um, each of you. And so thanks for kind of. Um, opening up to us here and, and sharing your hearts. We really appreciate it. This is kind of not a fair question, but I know maybe you've looked at some of these and so you've had some time to think, but what have you um, learned most in marriage? Or what's something that, I don't know, I know that's, what's one of the biggest lessons? Oh, well, I'll, uh, I'll go first. I know you can, I don't know, we ha- yeah, we have plenty of time. So Do you? You sure? Or we can uh, hold them longer, yes. Let me just say a little bit and then I'll just hand it over to her. One of the things that I learned in marriage, and I guarantee you, you in dating will learn this too anytime you date, how selfish I was. I was already a pastor. I would already counsel people in marriage, and I would see these guys come in not being a good husband, and I would think to myself, what's wrong with you? 
when I get married, I'm just going to show you how easy it is to be a good husband. But you don't realize how selfish you are. And I was not a bad guy, but I just didn't realize how uh, I went where I wanted to go. I had money. I worked hard. And I just made my own decisions. And all of a sudden, now God gives you somebody else to be joined together with. The Bible teaches us we're supposed to be one. And now, it wasn't just about me. And one of the biggest things that I had to learn was, uh, and, and you would say a few times to me, you're still living like a bachelor. What she meant by that was that I was selfish. I didn't realize how selfish I was. So I had to learn, Christ said, that husbands lay down your life for your wife. That didn't just mean you'll take a bullet for her and die. It means you've got to lay down your life on Tuesday and Monday and Wednesday and Saturday and your own wants and desires and then put her first and let her know that. And marriage is work. It's hard. It's, you know, dating is hard. <laughs> and you get a little taste of that. You've got to, you give more. You always give more than you get. You have to go into it knowing you've got to give more than you get. And it's a blessing. You, you know, you reap the rewards when, when you follow the Lord through it. Just like life, there's little bumps and steps and everything, you know, you progress. And how do you or can you handle conflict well in a relationship? Oh, I don't handle it very well <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yes, she does. Last night we were looking at those, those questions and we read that. How do you con uh, handle conflict well? She said, I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, we'll be honest. We came from households that really didn't. Um, they were not superly, uh, um, you know, congenial to one another. We argued some in my home, and, and I'm, I'm sure they did some. And we didn't know how to disagree. When I, when I we didn't know it was okay to disagree. Mm -hmm. You know, you take a step back and you work your way through it. We had to learn how to do that. So. Yeah, and she's a real strong woman, which I'm glad she is. She's a very strong she is a, uh, a meek woman, but she's very strong. I have kind of a strong personality in some ways, too. And so you've got to learn how to disagree and resolve conflict. In the beginning of our marriage, uh, I didn't do too well because I thought that the louder I got, I could, I could out-argue her. I could debate in school. But did you know that everybody who wins an argument doesn't necessarily mean they're right? And so I had to learn. Uh, that I had to give, I had to be patient, I had to not uh, not be so selfish in that. And, and we still, uh, we've got grown children now, we've had to apologize to them, say, look, you heard us argue and we wish you wouldn't have heard that. Uh, but conflict resolution is if we put Christ first, I know I love her, she knows that, I, that, 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 uh, that she loves me, and that's what will get you through. When you, when you have that common ground. How do you um, hold, with that in mind, how do you hold yourself to a high standard but also give grace um, to yourself in marriage and to each other? Extending grace. Being a pastor, uh, you're kind of in the spotlight. And I, I want to tell you one thing. Uh, our standard is God's word. Uh, it's, like, uh, it's like everybody is looking at you in a small town Everybody knew everything you were doing. So our small church, everything, everybody knew everything. You couldn't go anywhere, say anything, do anything. It's a little bit different here, but still, 
I don't want to do anything in our marriage that any, anybody could look at and say, why are you doing that? So the standard is God's word. I have, a, I have the calling of God to show her and, and prove to her that I love her. She has a calling of God to show respect to me. That's the way God made it to, to be. So the standard is God's word. Um, I, I want to tell you before we run out of time, if I ask you what would you think the three greatest words that Holly's ever said to me, what would you think they would be? Now, I grew up in a, in a home where my dad told me, my dad was a big, pretty rough man. My dad told me he loved me one time, and that was the night my mother died. Only time he ever told me he loved me. Uh, I made a vow that I would tell my family I loved them all the time, but not just tell them and prove it. Well, the three greatest words she ever said to me is not I love you, because she says that to me, and, and I say that to her. But in uh, one of the toughest times of our marriage, because church is tough sometimes, it's tough. One of the hardest positions uh, that a woman can be in is to be a pastor's wife. Now, that applies to other things, too. But a pastor's wife in a really, is in a really difficult cir- circumstance because uh, who's she going to go talk to? She's their pastor, too. Very difficult. And one of the hardest times we had in church was a conflict in the church. We had an elder go bad that was causing problems, and it was a tough time for us. And I remember one Sunday morning I was preaching, and I, I, I had to make a stand pretty hard in the church and tell them I was not going to be a part of what this other guy was doing to harm the church. And it was not easy. I, he was my mentor, and, and I was still young at that time. And... Uh, I looked up at the end of that service, and I'd just gotten through saying amen, and I looked up, and Holly got out of the the chairs and started walking forward, and she came and stood right beside me in front of that church congregation. And guys, I want to tell you something. I would have climbed a mountain for her. I would have turned the world upside down for her. And she said three words to me, and, and we've been married almost 32 years now, and she's lived it every day. She said, I'm with you. I'm with you. Not I love you. You are handsome. Glad you're rich. None of those things apply. None of those things apply. She said, I'm with you. And that means more to me because she didn't just say it. She's lived it than anything I could say. Thank you so much, Christian. Nick, we, we do have some time here to finish up some of these ask you and get into more of that. Um, maybe take the time to think through this. Uh, this is for both of you, but what is uh, your favorite characteristic of your spouse uh, or of each other? And then also, let me just give you the, these next. Michael, how do you cherish your wife? And Holly, um, how do you respect your husband? I know there's a couple there. Um. Answer any you want. First one was just uh, your favorite um, characteristic of each other. Of course, he's got a pastor's heart, and if y'all have ever watched him on Sunday, he's like the little robot that did 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 did, you know, like the little Roomba. It bumps something and goes to the next thing. He has to shake everybody's hand. He wants to say hello to everybody. He wants to know each and every one of you, and I love that about him. I'm very much. Oh, I guess I'm shy. I don't know. I can walk up and talk to you, but as far as being the Roomba, I am not. So um, I love that about him. He's 
he wants to pastor. He's a shepherd, um, and he's got a very loving heart, and I love that about him. I would say that one of the characteristics that I love about Holly is she is genuine. There is nothing fake about this lady sitting next to you. She's not going to put on a show. She's not going to act one way in front of you here and act a different way. Um, we do some premarital counseling sometimes, and we did a, uh, some reconciliation counseling with a couple. We went to their home, and we had a 30-minute drive home. And anything we ever went through with that couple, uh, Holly was the same in front of them. Now, that was a long 30 minutes home drive sometimes because we had a lot to discuss that we learned about ourselves very much. But she's the same no matter who's around, and I really appreciate that. Another thing that I joke about all the time is I'm a more idealistic person. I see the 10,000-foot view, and I have big visions, and let's just do this. And, and, and man, there's, man, let's go. And I, I try to inspire people. She is ultra-practical. I mean ultra-practical. And when I say that, she says, and that's a bad thing? <laughs> but God knew I needed that because I can get pretty up in the clouds, and he knew that I needed somebody that would stabilize me. And she knows the, 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 the logistics to get something done. She is the grounded one. She is practical. And that is a gift from God that I admire about her. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, as we're kind of getting through this, uh, coming to the end here, would you encourage and maybe just give really anything you want to say uh, to um, everyone in the room in that state of singleness? And we talked a little bit about this two weeks ago and just how to use that time well. Is there anything looking back to those the time, the years in your life where you were single? Um, how would you want to encourage these high schoolers who are in 2020 um, thinking about their singleness right now and to encourage them? Um, any advice you'd give really to open schoolers? know don't forget to have fun don't uh, we watched my uh, our son dated several girls through college and you know they'd start dating and in like three weeks they'd be you know talking marriage and he'd go whoa <laughs> you know they they were forgetting to have fun they you know they were just jumping right into marriage and they weren't it was all too serious too fast so that is one thing that I would I would say you know things are so different we didn't have cell phones when we dated, you know. You had to use the, the phone or you had to come see each other. And, and I realize things are so different now with all of the social media and all of that. But um, that's my one thought is keep it real. Have fun. That's good. Um, did you know that being single is an elevated position in the scriptures? The Bible says that is a gift from God. Now, that can be a gift for some of you right now that aren't married that eventually will be married, or it can be a gift for you for life that you're not supposed to be married. And don't any, let anybody ever tell you because uh, someone doesn't get married at a certain age, boy, do not put pressure on yourself. Don't settle for something else because your friend did. Uh, the Bible says that a person who is single has a gift from God for the ability to do that, and a single person can be used in a greater manner than a married person. Did you know that? Because when a person is married, we have to have another person's thoughts. We have to have another person's time schedule. We have to have another person involved with us. 
and that is keeps us from when we were single, we could go places, we could do things. You could go on mission trips that some married people can't do. You can serve in a church that you couldn't while, while, uh, while you're not married, if you were married. So don't anybody ever let you despise uh, if we get a little bit older and they got married and they got married and you're a bridesmaid or you're a groomsman and, well, I'm not married yet. You be patient. I want to give you a verse to go home and hold on to, okay? Psalm 84, 10, and 11. If you know God, you know his word, and you believe him, listen to this. And this is one of the reasons why this pretty lady, uh, this is a miracle from God. Look at her and then look at me. I mean, look at that. Psalm 84, 11. God will withhold no good thing from them that walk uprightly. You put God first, he will not withhold any good thing, anything that's good for you for you back. He will withhold no good thing for them that walk uprightly. You put him first, and just like that day when God brought Eve to Adam, Adam didn't find Eve, God brought her. And he said, man, man. And that's what happens to us. I was striving, begging God to make me the man I was supposed to be. He's still working on me. I've got a long ways to go. And that's when he brought her right alongside him. So Psalm 8411, it'll change your life. That's great. Any other things you want to just toss out to the crowd before we just pray? And um, Anything else on your hearts you want to say? Let me say one other thing and then I'll quit. I was at that high school Bible study she's talking about, and there's one time a year that the girls in our town could ask the guys out to a dance. Y'all have that sometimes? Some places call it Sadie Hawkins or something else. So we knew that whenever they had that meeting, uh, right when they had, got through that meeting, the girls were going to go down the halls of the high school. They were going to go somewhere and ask somebody. I have a dear friend he would go with whoever asked him, whoever got there first. There was a sprint to him because he was a nice guy, and whoever got to him first, he was going to say, yes, I admire him and I love him. He's a good guy today. But I want to tell you something just to be real, if I could. I was about to start the Bible study in a, per, in a, a couple's home, and the phone rang. And a girl called and said, hey, Mike, I want you to uh, go to the dance with me if you would. Now, this girl was beautiful not as pretty as holly but she was pretty this girl was uh, popular in school uh, we had never dated before but she was she was nice and she was attractive but man i want to tell you something uh, talking to you men i knew that i would be very very tempted to not treat her in a godly manner being transparent I said, uh, yes, I'd love to. Thank you for asking me. And I went in, and I was teaching on 1 Thessalonians 14, real quick. And it talked about uh, keeping your body in purity. And I'm thinking, God, you must know what's going on, because I'm about to teach on that. And I said, we must let God hold us. The world says, give in to whatever you feel like. And guys, you've got things to look at. And girls, you've got computers. You've got them everywhere. You've got it a lot harder than we ever have. But I'll never forget going to that Bible study, teaching on purity out of 1 Thessalonians, and looking, and I had to confess to those people. I said, you know, I just got asked out to that dance the girls put out. 
and I want you to know, and I did this for my accountability, I want you to know the way I treat this girl is going to show whether I, I should be teaching this Bible study or not. And I thought afterwards, I thought, well, I really put myself on the spot. We go out to the dance, and it's fun. We have a good time. I ask her out on another date. We go out of town, have dinner, and we're having a good time and on the way home. She says, uh, you know, there's a rest area right here over on the side of the road. And the only thing I could think was I had just taught those high school young people. Don't be halfway Christian. Don't be a fake. Don't preach it and not live it. And she said it again. You know, me and my other boyfriend, we used to stop right up here at the rest area. And I'll be honest with you, Keaton, everything inside of my body wanted to stop. But God reminded me, I can't be, you got to choose one or the other. Either come all the way with me and trust me or not. And I drove right by that rest area and took her home. She didn't say a word when we got past that rest area. I went up to the porch to say goodnight to her. She didn't speak to me for years after that. That's not because I was strong. That's not because I was good. I failed many times in a lot of areas. But I'm going to tell you, I saw her not too many months ago. And I thank God that I could walk up to her and say, hi. Instead of having to walk up to her and say, I'm so sorry. God will give you the strength. Be real. We all know. Those of us who are married, we know how tough it is. God knows more than anybody how tough it is. But I'm telling you, you make the right choices today, and 20 years down the road, and you walk up to them, and you can say, hello, sister, how are you? God bless you. You don't have to hang your head and say, we got a good God, and he is as strong as he needs to be in our lives. Awesome. Would you pray for us as, we, as we're about to go to huddle groups and just discuss this more? Thank you all so much. Thank you guys for letting us be here. This is fun for us. We appreciate it. We'll platform it after. Let's pray. Right. We'll give you a big round of applause. Father, what a privilege it is to be here with young men and women that know you and love you and know your word. I pray, Lord, because we have a formidable enemy. Satan wants to destroy these beautiful girls on masterpieces. They have been fashioned by you, God, and they are beautiful. Please guard them and protect them and let nothing defile them. These young men here are strong, and you've got a mighty plan for their lives and a work for them to do. You've got something big for these men to do. Help them not to sell out for a feeling. Oh, God, I thank you for Keaton and Gabby and the rest of the ones, Kristen, uh, uh, Lauren, and the rest of the ones that serve and help. Uh, thank you for the example they're living in front of these young people. And I just ask you, Lord, to hold on to every one of them. And, Lord, when they look around and they think, well, they've got a girlfriend or they've got a boyfriend, why don't I? Would you give them just peace to wait? For I take you at your word. God will withhold no good thing from them that walk uprightly.
I'm going to walk uprightly by your strength, and I know if it's good for me, and when it's good for me, you will provide me. Thank you for these young people, for what happens on Wednesday nights here. Continue, Lord, to bless them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Can you clap and tell me? Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. You're blessing our ministry. Y'all are dismissed to huddle groups to go and discuss this. You, got a, you still got a ton of time in there. What a blessing. What an opportunity.